Hello there, and welcome to Insight Peterborough. I'm Devin Wilkins. Insight Peterborough is a project of the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind. And uh, if you'd like to know more about the CCB, either locally here in the Peterborough area or nationally, all you have to do is send an email to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. That's ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. We're going to be talking about White Cane Week a little more in a little more detail a little later in the show. But because it is White Cane Week, I thought that for our February edition of Get Together with Kim, Kim Kilpatrick, who is the a coordinator with uh, Get Together with Technology, which is a wing of the CCB, I thought that she and I might have a chat about canes versus canines. Well, hi, Kim. Thanks very much for being uh, with us. Uh, do you know that uh, this is the 26th get-together with Kim that we've recorded? Oh! Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we've been doing it a long time. You know what's interesting is I found since the pandemic, I cannot keep track of time. Oh, yeah. Coming up to this two-year anniversary of, of COVID or whatever it is. So once again, we've reached White Cane Week for another year, and um, I think we're going to be talking about canes versus canines. I don't know if that's techie or or not. But Ooh, it's low techie. I think it's you know it's important to talk about. I think it's a topic that a lot of people a lot of people asked about, and a lot of people new to blindness you know, are figuring out, and even people older, like I know when I was trying to figure out whether I wanted a dog, like, it's it's something that is is a topic that's always relevant, I think, in a lot of ways, you know? Yes. When somebody asks you, should I continue to use a white cane, or should I get a guide dog, what do you say? Well, the first thing is I don't pressure anyone to do anything because I know before I got a dog, and I don't know if it was the same for you, people would say, well, you should get a dog, you should get a dog, and everyone was saying it, right? And I, I'm not ready to get a dog, or I don't want a dog right now, and it, it would bother me that yeah. you know, that people would lay on it one side or the other, or your mobility's too good, you don't need a dog. Like, you know what I mean? There'd be the other side. So I try not to push one way or the other. Uh, I'll just maybe point out the differences, and it's been interesting because I went many, many years without much space at all between dogs, so that I wasn't using a cane, although we are told to keep our cane skills up for various reasons in case something happens to your dog, but also, you know, if you leave your dog home for some reason and you go, um, but I didn't use it a lot, so that my cane skills were a little bit rusty. And then I had to wait a long time between dogs this time. So I was using a cane more than I had in many, many years. 
So it's, I'm sort of coming at it again from a fresh perspective of what the differences are. Um, so if someone did ask me, I would just point out the differences, and you probably know some of them as well. You probably would say the same thing. So with a cane and with a dog, the first thing is you have to have good mobility. You cannot have either um, guiding situation without taking mobility lessons from a instructor, learning how to get around safely, so that, like, inside but also outside, how to cross streets, how to read traffic, because our dogs do not read traffic. Um, they can sort of line you up, but you have to point, you know, in the direction you want to go, so you have to know where you're going. Yeah. Um, you have to know how many blocks it is, you have to be able to direct your dog, you know, right inside here, if you're getting close to your grocery store or something. So it's not like, I think, like a lot of sighted people, and probably a lot of new to blindness people think, oh, you just say, let's go to work, and then the dog just zoom, and then you're yes. there. Now, once you've had a relationship for a long time, if there's something you do every day, the dog tends to understand and know, say if you went to work every day, the dog would tend to stop at your work door, and they, if you stop for a coffee on the way, they tend to kind of slow down at the door of that. But it's not like you... So in both instances, you have to have good mobility skills, and you have to keep them up. So that's the first thing. There's no hiding that. There's no jumping from that. And even any of the technological solutions that are available now, like Buzz Clip and other things that are going to like tell you when there's something in front of you, it doesn't help you get around. You know, it helps you know there's something there, but it, it's not going to help you. So that's the first thing I tell people. The second thing is, with a cane, I find it very much more mentally tiring than working a dog myself. Oh, yes. That because with a cane, you use your cane, and your cane finds something, and then you have to put out your hand, and you have to feel it and figure it out. Um, whereas with a dog, if there's enough space for them to get you around those things, like the poles and the, someone's bike parked on the sidewalk and the, the garbage cans on garbage day and the recycle bins and the whatever the heck else is on the sidewalk. Yeah. Carts and people and whatever else. If a dog can take you around those things, they will do so. Yes. So you don't have to worry about those things unless they're totally blocking your path and then the dog has to show you because you have to direct the dog either out into the road or around on the grass or whatever you're going to do to get around. Yeah. But... Yeah. If there's a space for the dog to get you through, they will do that. Yes. So I find that so mentally tiring when you're with a cane. It's like, what is this? Okay, which way should I go? So I you'll know. Bring the cane to the right and then to the left, and which is the best way to get around here? And I'm gonna do, you know. And so that is so tiring in your brain. Oh yes. That's tiring in your brain. Yeah. So that's one thing because the dog takes you around all that stuff. I find using a dog is actually easier on my body. Uh-huh. And my joints and my, my hands and my wrists and stuff. Yeah. Because, again, you're not bashing into stuff. You're not having to, like, run into it. You're not swinging your cane and tapping into stuff and getting it caught in cracks on the sidewalk or whatever that, yeah. whatever that is. So I find it easier on my body. Yes. Um, so that, that's one thing I will say. But having a dog is a lot of work. 
and I think I don't mean that in a bad way, but you have to feed the dog, you have to take it out all the time, you have to, um, you have to be aware of its eccentricities and quirks. Yeah. So no dog is perfect, they're not robots, they, they are going to be distracted sometimes by things, they might grab things to eat yeah. off the ground, they may, you know, go to see people that they like, or other yeah. people they may you know, throw up in public or poop in public or pee in public. Or, yeah. You know, like they're, they're not, they're not machines. So you have to be prepared for that responsibility to take care of a dog. Yes. And you have to like, I think you have to like being with the dog because you're going to be with them all the time. So if you're really not a dog person, I mean, I think you might know because you know a lot of guy dog handlers. I think there are some people who are not dog people that get guys, but not very many. Yeah. I would say. I remember um, I met one, and she didn't like the idea that she had to spend 24 hours a day with the dog. Yeah. And you do. Yeah, you do. And, I mean, when you're at home, they're not, they don't have to be on leash or test you all the time or anything like that. They're a dog in the house, but you still have to be aware of where they are and what they're doing. They might be you know, chewing something up or they, you know, whatever. You have to yeah. You have to do that. And you have to think about there are times when it might be dangerous for a dog to be out with you. So, for example, if you were going to a very loud concert or event, you might consider leaving the dog at home. And in which case, if you're going to be gone too long, you might ha- have to find someone else to take the dog out or take care of the dog or yeah. be with the dog. So... You have to think about that part. Right. Um, and I think you also have to think about the, um, that you are working with a living being, another living being, so you have to take them into consideration, whether it's too cold or too hot or, you know, whatever the, the, the weather conditions are or sometimes, you know, there are things. So you have to think about that, too. Yeah. Um. But to me, there's nothing better than having someone with me when you get lost or turned around. There's just another brain. Yes. <laughs> another brain there and a pair of eyes there. And you, you can kind of, I feel less, less. Um, alone? I, yeah, less alone and less nervous. Like, yes. It's kind of like, we, oh, okay, well, we can figure this out together. We'll figure this out together. You know, like we, right. we can sort through this together. Yeah. Um, that I really... I like that, and I like I like the quirks of each dog, and I like figuring this out and trying to find a good way to work together. Yeah. Some people may not like that. If that's not your thing, maybe you wouldn't like it. You know, maybe, or like you said, if someone says, I don't want to be with a dog 24 hours a day, like, why would I want, you know, they might think I'd rather just have a cane, put it in the corner when I get home. I don't have to worry. I don't have to feed it. I don't have to go out. At, you know, take it out in the middle of the night. I don't have to go, you know, to the vet with it or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I, I do. I really like, I like the way you move with the dog. I like the, um, I like that the dog will stop for, you know, steps and curbs. And I feel safer on sort of train platforms and stuff with dogs. I feel uh, for crossings, so dogs don't read traffic, but they're trained to, be aware of it so that if you tilled the dog forward and there was a car, you know, yeah, 
pounding down the street and they and you didn't hear it and they they saw it they would not do that so or coming out of a driveway or a parking lot or some of those like my, all my dogs have saved my life I know they have each one yes uh-huh. you know from things like that yeah um and I find indoor buildings like you can tell them outside or inside or find the door or find the elevator to find those kind of things they're so much better yeah than trying with a cane like to count doorways or to do this oh I know so they, they really can target things like that yeah and, uh, and I love that I love that about them I love you know the, how they learn and what they learn yeah and I love playing with them it makes me feel relaxed I love them being around me you know I feel more relaxed with them you know just around me you know just sleeping or whatever just there yeah. I, I, but I've always been a dog person, so... Yes. You know, it does make sense. Yeah. There are... I don't know. What, would you would you say anything else? Would there be other things you'd say to people? Like what... Uh, I, I try to cover both uh, aspects of it. So, you know, with, it, with a cane, uh, I'll, I'll say, you know, uh, if, you're, if you're used to a cane... And you had never really thought of getting a dog in your life. Well, uh, until today, maybe you want to stay with a cane. Uh, mm-hmm. And you do have to remember that you have to look after the dog, which includes taking it out when it's 40 degrees below zero and that sort of thing. And a cane doesn't bark. No. Um, but I, uh, I have to say that I have gotten much more uh, out of my uh, my dogs than I have my cane. But again, it's a personal choice. Yeah. If you don't want Do you to... Res- mind? Because I know some people don't like... I don't mind this, but some people don't like that. When you're out with a dog, it is a real icebreaker, and more people tend to talk to you. Oh, yes. Using a cane, people tend to tell you about their dogs, or they'll talk to you, or they'll, they'll ask how your dog is, or you know what I mean. They're, yeah. And some people, if they're really introverted, like they don't really like that. I don't usually don't mind it. I mean, if I'm if I'm busy or I'm in the middle of something, I don't always. But I don't mind too much. But there are people who just don't like that part of it. Like they don't like that social kind of yeah fixation of your dog and people to always telling you your dog is so beautiful and just, yes. you know whatever they. Some people do not like that. I don't mind it. In fact, no. I missed it. I felt kind of like lonely when I was using a cane because no one would yeah. talk to you. You know, I kind of kind of missed it a little bit. But and I find some with a cane, do not like it. I find with a cane that if you approach a crowd of people, um, rather than just carrying on doing what they're doing, they stop talking. So then you can't navigate around the crowd because you don't know. You just keep talking. Please keep talking. Like yeah, yeah, and they kind of shuffle out of your way, but you're not really sure just where they are, and uh, you know if they would just carry on talking and let me go and do what I what I have to do. And find my way around with uh, find my way around them. Um, that would be uh, a good thing, but quite often that doesn't happen. No, but I think when you have a dog, they don't. Sometimes they get quiet, but a lot of times they don't. Like a lot for some reason, when you're working 
by them with the dog, they'll say, oh, nice dog or something. You know, like they don't, they don't be as quiet as when you're using a cane, I think. Yeah, yeah. Somehow. I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely one thing. I also think that um, the, the one downside of having a dog, and it's not the dog's fault or anyone's fault, is refusals and, and problems with access which has gotten better, I think, in a general way, although I find with Ubers and some of the ride shares, it hasn't gotten better, in fact. It's gotten worse, and I've complained to my city about it. Um, that is stressful, because sometimes if you're waiting for a cab or you're, you're going into a restaurant or you're trying to uh, stay in a hotel, you just wonder, is someone going to give me a hassle about this? Like, they're not allowed to, they're not supposed to, but it happens. Oh, yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. One good thing about a cane is you don't have to worry about that stuff, which is too bad because you shouldn't have to worry about that stuff. It's not, anyway, but it is a fact of life with the service, with the guide dog. Yeah. Um, probably not as bad as it was, I would say, but it still happens, and so it's something you have to be aware, be aware of when you're... That's right. Making, I don't think it should be the big factor in making the decision, but it's just something to be aware of. And also traveling with a dog, just think about time zones and when they should eat versus when they shouldn't eat, if they're going to be on a long journey or something like that. And then when you get to a place, you've got to find a place to let them go to the bathroom. So That's right. Where am I, where's the garbage can? Where's the, where's the place for them to go? Where's the... Yeah. You know, do I have to bring water? How much food do I have to pack? Like, all of that yeah. is a bit more um, time-consuming. Yes, it is. Good. Yeah. But it's worth it. I find it worth it. But, I mean, it, it's just it's just things that you have to think about. And I guess the other thing you have to think about is the other people that are going to be around the dog regularly. Because mm -hmm. I've heard of some dogs being kind of ruined by family members who yes. don't follow the rules. No. You know, feed the dog stuff they're not supposed to have or yeah. or don't even want the dog around or you need to lock it in your room all the time or whatever. I've, I've heard of that as well. Yes. And, so, um, how about uh, getting around in the winter? Do you find it easier with a cane or a dog with all the snow banks uh, and stuff? I'd say with a dog. Uh, but there are some things, so I have a new dog, and so this past snow was her first, we had quite a big snow, and that was her first yeah. big snow, and it was hard at first because the corners weren't cleared, and then she was trying to figure out how do I get through this sort of obstacle to get across the street and to go here, and once she figured it out, she was good, but um, I actually, yeah, I do find it easier with the dog because you don't. Yes. You know, they go around again, they go around stuff, and they and they sort of know the path so that you don't get lost sort of yeah. around in snow-covered, like, parking lot or some place. Yeah. Um, I find getting boots on and off is a little bit of a pain in the winter. And, you know, yeah. You don't paraphernalia like that, but, I mean, it, you, you have to do it because of the salt. That's right. So the cane is easier for that, but I, I find in general... I find it easier with the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, 
So now, but for those who prefer to use a cane, I guess there are pieces of technology that you can use with a cane to make it a little bit easier uh, getting around. Um, well, they keep developing things, but nothing, I would say that nothing has really stuck to be the most important thing. You know, you know what I mean? Like nothing has come to this place where, you know, they keep saying every few months they're going to make a robot guide dog and it's going to be that. And yes. That's all you're going to need. And yeah. it's never yet happened. No. Where it did everything, you know, that the dog will do. Yeah. So there are things, uh, the buzz clip, which is a little clip-on thing that you can clip on either onto your cane or your coat or something that will vibrate when there's things in front of you, uh-huh. especially head and, and chest and height. But one of the other benefits of a guide dog is um, with a cane, you don't find overhead obstacles, right? So I'm pretty short, so I'm, I'm lucky. My dogs find it lucky because... <laughs> Yeah. Some people find more obstacles with their heads, but um, a guide dog is supposed to take you around that stuff if possible. Sure. They don't always see it. You know, it's hard for them to sometimes look up, but way more than a cane would. And so some of these devices, like the buzz clip and like um, some of the other devices they developed, like some have been and gone. There were glasses that Ambutech developed, but they don't make them anymore. And it was a similar process that they they vibrate when you are close to them. There's something called the WeWalk Smart Cane, which, again, is supposed to vibrate when you get close to objects. But it costs something like four or $500. So, like, you know how durable canes are. Oh, like, I know. Great canes. And, you, you know, so I don't know that any of these things really do the whole... Jobs that you hope that it would yeah, do. The yeah, job, yeah. They, I, I haven't found anything. Apps too, you know, like you can have apps running, you can have GPS apps, you can have like object identification apps, but then you have to hold your phone in your hand. Yeah. Um, and, and some of these vibrating objects and canes, you still have to put your hand out to figure out what it is. So in a way, like the, the guide dog thing where, I don't need to know what every pole is on my... No. I just need to know... I need to walk four blocks, and then I need to turn right. So I don't really care, you know, what's in my path. Yeah. I just need my dog to take me four blocks and then turn right. Yeah. After I've crossed the fourth street and this and that. So I don't... I haven't found anything, or I haven't come across anything myself, that really strikes me that this would be the thing that would cause me to... You know, to hang up the harness and... Yeah, go back to a cane. A, an adapted device of some kind, like whatever. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. I don't get that feeling. No. I don't, I don't get that feeling. And for years, people have been saying it's going to happen and it'll be so much cheaper and then you don't have to worry about the dogs dying or retiring or having to get a new one or this and that. But nothing has ever happened that... It shows me that this is this is imminent, you know. Yeah, I would say that's right. Um, and the other thing is, when you're out, like it's a similar with sighted people, with sighted say we'll say sighted drivers, yeah, walkers. But we we'll just equate it to driving. 
the more distracted they are, the, the worse it is in a way, right? You could get into a car accident. But it's similar with blind people. Like, you have to be listening all the time. You have to be thinking all the time when you're out with a dog or a cane. It doesn't matter. Right? You have to concentrate. You have to know where you are. You have to think about it. I find all of these things, apps, and I find, now maybe I'm old school because I've been around for a while, but these apps and these things and these devices do not, they make me distracted, and I don't like being distracted when I'm out. I like to know where I am. I like to think about it. I like to be aware of my surroundings, of people around me, or of things around me, or of vehicles around me, and I think these things we get focused on an app, we get focused on the device, oh, is this working, is it on, is it, you know, and, I know. and then your your focus is gone from what's going on around you in the world. So yes. Actually, and what's really going to keep really you safe. Even though I help a lot of people with a lot of tech, I really recommend um, using it as little as possible when you're actually in motion. Like, I, I, I would say, and it's interesting because since I got my new dog, and that's been... I got her on September 8th, so it's been... Four months? Almost five months. Five months. Yeah. Coming up? Yeah. I have, nev I have never used an app. Like, I've never had an app on when I've been outside with a uh, walk. No. Like a, a, a GPS-type app, like Soundscape. I have not done it because I just feel not fair to her. It's not fair to me, and it's not... Like, as you're getting used to a dog, you're also getting used to the way they move. Yeah. The way they get around things, the way they stop for things, what they're, you know, what they're doing, if they happen to be sniffing, if they're going to, mm -hmm. like, take you somewhere you didn't want to go because that was where they went the last time. You know, you have to be concentrating, and I just, I just don't. I just put the phone away, and, like, I, I just put, now, if I get lost or turned around or something's going on, I can pull it out, and then I can look, but yeah. I don't tend to do it while I'm moving. Right. Um, and I just don't. You know, and I and I don't really recommend it. I know that some O and M's will teach people, you know, to use Soundscape and to use other apps, and that's that's good. But I just personally, I just don't recommend it that much. Yeah. You know, use your cane, learn your cane skills, but also learn your skills of what's around you. Don't just rely on an app to see. Oh, it says here I'm on this street. Think about what's around you in terms of the one-way streets. Listen for your traffic. Think about, you know, all the things we were taught when we were growing like before they had all these things. You know, what we were taught when we were getting around. Yeah. As to how do you know what's around you. That's right. Those things are so valuable because if the battery dies or your phone dies, you don't have any more data or your something is, or it's snowing or pouring rain and you don't want to haul your phone out, you still can know where you are. You still can figure out. You know, things? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I, I'm really sort of old school about this. <laughs> I think the cane or the canine, and the other stuff is a, a bit of a thrill, but just, just use it sparingly. Like, um, I'll use some of those things before I go out to plan a trip. You yeah. Know, like, I'll use apps, GPS apps, beforehand to see if it's something I don't know where it is. I'll use it to kind of figure out how far am I going to have to go or what bus stop is that or where am I supposed to go here. Yes. And I might pull it out on route, but I don't keep it on. You know, I'll right. look before I leave and then I'll, I'll um, look as I need to, but not yeah. 
constantly. And yeah. and I, I really believe that. You know, yes. I really believe the cane or the dog, or the cane and the dog, you know, whatever combination of those you do. Yeah. Those are the most important tools yes. you'll have for mobility. Yeah. You know. So that's a good but thing I, to talk about during White Cane Week, I think. Well, thanks so much for talking about this with us, Kim. You're so welcome. Thank you for asking. It's such a passionate topic of mine, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you again, well, um, next month for sure. And uh, uh might be the 2nd of March because um, the days in the first uh, few days in March are the same as the ones in February. No, they creep up on us. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you take good care. You too. And we'll talk soon. And as good. usual, if anyone out there has a topic that they'd like Kim and me to talk about, uh, just uh, send an email to insightpeterborough at gmail.com. insightpeterborough at gmail.com. Thank you, Kim. That's good. Thank you. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we are going to talk a little more about White Cane Week and what's going to be happening. I recently spoke with Ian White, who is the president of the CCB Toronto Visionaries chapter. And the reason that I chatted with him is that his chapter is organizing a couple of uh, online or virtual events that you can take part in, um, regardless of where you are in Ontario. So listen to what he says as far as the registration, of course, what the events are, and uh, and the registration as well. Hi, Ian, and uh, welcome back to the program. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Devin. Thanks for having me. Now, we're going to talk about uh, things that are going to be happening uh, during this year's version of White Cane Week. But before we do, can you kind of give us a bit of a history of White Cane Week and how that came about and, and the relationship between the week and uh, the Canadian Council of the Blind? Absolutely. Um, so the Canadian Council of the Blind, for those of you who don't know, um, is a national registered charity. Um, we are a, a peer support network and sort of consumer advocacy uh, organization that uh, operates through about 80 or 85 uh, locally organized and volunteer-driven chapters right across the country. So there are CCB chapters that uh, exist everywhere from St. John's, Newfoundland, right over to Victoria, BC, and everywhere in between. Um, there are about 30 or so uh, chapters right now in Ontario, and um, about nine operating in the GTA area. So it's um, it's quite an extensive network of people who live with blindness and vision loss right across the country. 
Um, White Cane Week is really a uh, a national public awareness campaign that the CCB launched many, many years ago and has run through its chapters on the ground uh, every year since. And what White Cane Week is meant to do is to engage with a much broader um, general public about the concerns and activities and um, and desires of people with vision loss right across the country um, in terms of their engagement in their community, um, their access to goods and services, their uh, abilities as opposed to their disabilities, and really to provide uh, the general public with a broad education about living with vision loss and uh, eye health. So um, White Cane Week typically runs the first full week of February every year. So uh, this year it'll be running from Sunday the 6th right through to Saturday the 12th. And um, typically uh, local area chapters will organize some sort of a, a public event, um, an educational event of some kind, or just a, a recreational event that's uh, out there in the public so that um, the folks in their local community can engage and uh, and learn a little bit about vision loss. And I understand that the uh, Toronto visionaries uh, have uh, come up with a few events for this year's White Cane Week that can involve not just people living in Toronto, but elsewhere as well. Is that right? <laughs> Yes, um, as we're all still living in a COVID world, um, White King Week celebrations again this year have been kind of disrupted uh, by public health initiatives to sort of keep us all safe and make sure that we're vaccinated and masked and uh, engaged in physical distancing and things. Um, normally during this week, uh, the CCB Toronto Visionaries, which is a local Toronto chapter, um, we organize uh, an event called the Experience Expo, the White Cane Week Experience Expo. And that's comprised of three major parts. So there's an exposition, which is uh, really Canada's only uh, consumer show for folks with, uh, with blindness and vision loss. And it's comprised of everything from uh, recreational and social groups to um, educational supports, employment opportunities, uh, high-tech, low-tech, visual aids, um, supports and services from right across the community, basically anything and everything to do with living with vision loss um, that folks can come in and smorgasbord. Um, and then the second component is a forum, which is typically a panel discussion on some topic that is uh, of the moment for the blind community. Um, and the third component is uh, what we call a community social. It's basically a big dinner and a celebration. Um, this year, because of COVID, um, we're relocating two of the three parts uh, to the end of May, which is uh, Vision Health Month. And we're holding um, what's called the White Cane Week Expo Forum uh, this year during White Cane Week, and we're doing that as a virtual um, event. So anybody from really anywhere uh, could register and, and sign in to take part in that. Um, this year's uh, forum is actually particularly interesting uh, to me anyway. Um, over the last, 
I guess it's about a year and a half now the process has been going on. Um, the CCB joint ventured with the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians, the uh, CNIB, Balance for Blind Adults. And between those four groups and a number of independents, uh, we came together as a, a working group to address um, what we see as some of the um, things that we'd like to see reformed on the assistive devices program, uh, which is a, a fantastic prog program that we have here in Ontario uh, that uh, is run through the Ministry of Health and provides assistive devices for people with all kinds of disabilities, including those with vision loss. Um, what we had found anecdotally was that a lot of people were having trouble accessing the program um, to get funding for uh, devices. Um, there was a, 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 a lot of frustration about the complexity of the process, about the long wait times uh, that people had to um, go through in order to get access to a device, and, um, and a lot of frustration about the, uh, the follow-up and uh, training and, and uh, whether or not they were actually getting the right devices and, and um, being able to use them properly. So the four groups got together in this working group and um, we put together a survey. And the survey really was uh, from the patient's experience standpoint. So it's not really looking at the structure of, of um, what ADP does or how it delivers its, pro its uh, funding. But um, it's really looking at the experience of the user who comes to the, the program and tries to apply for funding and um, looks at some of their frustrations and, and um, disappointments. So um, the, um, the results of the survey and uh, the recommendations that will be going to the Ministry of Health to try and make the ADP system stronger um, will be revealed on Wednesday, February the 9th at 4 p.m. And um, we'll, be, uh, we'll be having uh, Dr. Keith Gordon, who is the, the lead researcher on this, along with uh, uh, Dr. Chad Andrews and uh, Michael Balarjan, who's our um, uh, government affairs uh, specialist at CCB will be delivering um, most of the content of uh, the results of that survey. So it should be a fascinating trip um, <laughs> to uh, to hear what they have to say. Um, yeah. It sounds quite exciting. It should be. I, I know that um, when we initially proposed the, the survey, um, uh, this is going back into the fall, uh, there was a lot of excitement. A lot of people wanted to have their say. And in yeah. fact, we um, we ended up with, um, I think it was between four and 500 uh, folks who actually um, wow. completed the survey, uh, which is actually, statistically, it's a very large number. <laughs> it is, for sure. Um, but part of the reason for doing this, actually, was because we were, we became aware that a very small percentage of the people who live with vision loss in Ontario were actually accessing the program. And we wanted to understand why, mm -hmm. because it, it, it seems like it should be a great idea. You know, the idea that the government is willing to um, offset the cost of uh, some of the specialized devices that help folks with vision loss um, bridge the gap between 
um, their world and the sighted world. And it, it seemed like it should be something that all kinds of people would want to access, and yet very few people actually were. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you think maybe they didn't know about it, or...? I think that might be one of the prime reasons. Um, mm. The I think the other thing that the uh, the survey sort of illuminated, and I don't want to get into too many details because I don't have the <clears throat> excuse me the actual statistics with me. Right. But um, I think uh, there were a number of of um, what are called pain points in the process. Um, so things like um, finding out about the program is is not an intuitive thing. It's not something that's known by a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't know about the program, you don't know to ask about the program. Nope. Um, so you're really relying on um, people in uh, service uh, professions to tell you that there is a program. Mm -hmm. um, the other problem, of course, is that <laughs> most of the information about the ADP process and what's available is only available online. And if you don't have an assistive technology to help you access online yeah. information, you can't access the information. <laughs> That's so for sure. It, it, it gets kind of catch 22 ish. Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> you need the assistive devices program to get the, the assistive devices. Yeah, program. exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. But there were there were a number of other other things. Uh, primary among them, I think, was uh, the long wait times. Um, it can take um, several months to actually get through the process from initial referral through assessment um, to uh, purchasing your device and then receiving it and getting trained on it. That whole process um, we found through uh, doing the survey can take anywhere from a few weeks to several months. Wow. And yeah, if you're someone who has uh, recently lost vision and you're desperately looking for ways to bridge the gap and get back on your feet, um, waiting for months for a, a, a device that's going to radically open up uh, your access to um to information is is just too long to wait oh it is it would be like an eternity yeah, yeah. so for for anybody any of your listeners who would be interested in um in joining us for the forum on wednesday february the 9th at 4 p.m um it is required that you register for it um there's a registration page available on uh the canadian council of the blinds national website so that's at ccbnational.net. And if you click on the events tab and then White Cane Week, you'll find the uh, listing for the Expo Forum and the registration link is right there. Okay, that sounds good. Um, just to follow up on your, your uh, other question, um, it, which is what happened to a bunch of the other things. Um, so we are still planning to go ahead with the Expo um, itself, uh, the exposition piece of it. And um, that will be happening on Saturday, May the 28th uh, here in Toronto. Okay. And um, we'll be holding a second uh, forum at that time, um, which uh, should be fascinating and is a, a joint venture thing that we're doing with Fighting Blindness Canada. Oh. And then we'll be holding the, uh, the community social uh, immediately following that forum 
Um, so yeah, so keep a keep an eye out um, if you're looking for information on White Cane Week uh, as uh, we are celebrating it here in Toronto. Um, you can look at uh, our website, which is CCB Toronto Visionaries, all one word. Dot ca and uh, there's a, a tab on the sidebar just called White Cane Week Experience Expo, and a lot of the information is right there. And uh, you and I will certainly chat uh, in more detail about that as the date approaches. I sure hope so. I sure yeah. hope so. That would be great. Um, there is one other thing I wanted to mention to you. Um, if uh, if you can't make the um, the uh, forum on the 9th, there's a, a second event coming up in February that is associated with White Cane Week, although it doesn't fall within White Cane Week proper. Um, that's a... Um, uh, a second forum, actually it's called a summit, um, which is going to be um, a, uh, uh, again, a joint venture between CCB, uh, Fighting Blindness Canada, the Ophthalmologists Association and uh, Optometrists. Um, wow. And um, they're going to be talking about preventable blindness. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that, um, that, folks in the blind community have known for a long time is that a lot of uh, vision loss in Canada is actually preventable. If we had access to uh, early diagnosis and early treatment, um, quite often folks will go for a long time not realizing that they have a condition that can lead to blindness or they have um, early onset um, vision loss that doesn't actually interfere with their daily lives. And so they just let it go and let it go and they don't get diagnosed and they don't get treatment. And as a result, they lose their vision um, when in fact their vision could have been saved if they'd had um, early diagnosis and early treatment. So if you think about the amount of um, impact that vision loss has on an individual and on Canadian society in general, both through direct healthcare costs and through sort of collateral losses of productivity, of loss of well-being, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and you think that three quarters of the people who suffer vision loss, that could be prevented. Holy that's, that's just an enormous impact and it's doable. We just need to um, sort of convince ourselves and through us convince government that um, a comprehensive eye health strategy is really something that Canada needs. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, and when is that going to be taking place? Great. Um, Yeah. That's on Tuesday, February the 22nd at 4 PM. And again, uh, you need to register for that. And again, the uh, links are all available at ccbnational.net and uh, click on the events page and white cane week and, um, the summit on February 22nd is the second listing under the, uh, okay. the expo forum coming up on the 9th. Yeah. So people could register for both at the same time. Then. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be good. And what time of day is that going to be taken? Taken. Uh, both events happen at 4 PM. So huh? they run from about 4 PM to about five 30. Okay. So that's uh, easy to remember that they're both at the same time. Terrific. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I have a a friend who is going to have surgery this coming Tuesday for 
glaucoma. Apparently, the doctor is going to be putting a drain in to uh, mm -hmm. help uh, lower the pressure inside her eye. Right. And uh, other yeah, because that that uh, pressure can ultimately uh, crush the optic nerve. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we've had Doug Earl on here several times from uh, Fighting Blindness Canada, who mm -hmm. talks so often about uh, preventable uh, blinding diseases that uh, don't need to happen. And that's especially frustrating when you think that it was, I believe, in the early 2000s that the Canadian government actually first committed to developing a comprehensive eye health strategy. And none of the subsequent governments in power have actually made that happen. And this so, is provincial, is it? Um, so that's a, um, a federal initiative ah. that would be put in place and would ramify out over each of the provinces and territories and trickle down to their ministries of health to implement. Okay. And, and no one has acted on that. Since no. Some no, government after government has said they would recommit to making it happen. And then for so many reasons, they don't get around to it. And that's been extremely frustrating because, again, if you think about the number of people who have lost vision during that period between the early 2000s and now, um, we're talking about thousands and thousands of Canadians who lost their vision who need not have. Gosh, that's almost criminal, isn't it? Holy man. One would argue, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it, it's, it's an issue that, um, that I think really needs to be pressed by anyone who has an interest in um, vision loss or the vision loss community. If you, if you are someone with vision loss, if you know someone with vision loss, this is uh, an advocacy um, initiative that um, CCB is working very hard on in direct uh, concert with Fighting Blindness Canada and other uh, organizations as well. Yes. So, um, yeah, write to your MP. Um, let them know that a comprehensive eye health strategy is something that we need in Canada. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of silly of them not to do it because in the end, it ends up costing them much more than it needs to uh, because then they have to provide other services. Um, who knows it, you know, it could be um, a pension or an allowance of some kind or, or the, this uh, assistive devices uh, program. Yes. It, uh, it, it, uh, it just doesn't need to be that way uh, yeah. but because they insist on not taking the steps to uh, bring something like this into being and provide the treatments that are necessary. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it, it ends up costing much more than it has to. Speaking of costs, I will mention to your listeners that um, last year, the Canadian Council of the Blind undertook um, a, an amazing study uh, that I believe is available on their website um, called The Cost of Vision Loss in Canada. Ah. And it looks very deeply at exactly what the costs are, both in, in direct healthcare and service providing and, um, and the loss of well-being and productivity and, and um, 
it's devastating. Uh, it, it runs to the tens of billions of dollars annually. And that number is only going to climb as we age. Yes. Right? And our population uh, is aging. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's, uh, it's well worth the government's uh, time to look very carefully at putting an eye health strategy in place because it will save Canadian uh, taxpayers literally tens of billions of dollars a year. Yes. And so that would be um, ccbnational.net? Yes. Yeah. That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Anything else happening in, in February or um, shall we wait till uh, May to talk about other things? Um, I think with respect to uh, to uh, the White Cane Week activities, um, really the, the two major things are the Expo Forum on Wednesday the 9th and um, the uh, iHealth Summit on, um, on February 22nd. Those are the two major things. Um, and then we'll talk a little closer to May about uh, some of the exciting activities we've got planned for May. Yeah, that sounds good. And we'll be talking a little bit later on about a a concert series that you have coming up. Yeah, yeah, really excited about that. Um, Last year, when uh, COVID locked us down, uh, the CCB Toronto Visionaries initiated an online concert series with a wide variety of of, um, artists in a variety of performance modes, Uh, everything from storytelling and theater to um, blues and and uh, classical music and jazz. Uh, so it, it was uh, a lot of fun to put that together. And we're relaunching that program uh, actually starting at the end of February. So on February 26th, on Saturday, February 26th at 7 p.m., we'll be uh, relaunching that program with uh, an evening of storytelling with Kim Kilpatrick. And you can find out more about the concert series and who's coming up uh, by looking at ccbtorontovisionaries.ca and just click on the concert page uh, on the sidebar. Okay, and uh, people uh, who listen to this show will be quite familiar with Kim Kilpatrick because she's here on the first Monday of every month in a feature that we call uh, called um, Get Together with Kim. Right. And we talk about technology and that sort of stuff. Yeah, and Kim actually uh, also co-hosts a, a radio program in Ottawa Yes. Um, so, um, yeah, she's uh, she's out there, <laughs> definitely. And we're sure looking forward is. to having her in her uh, in her guise as a, a professional storyteller, because she's just uh, absolutely uh, entrancing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Ian. Um, just give us those websites again, the uh, CCB National and also... Uh, the Toronto Visionary Museum. Absolutely, sure. So CCB National can be reached at ccbnational.net. And uh, the Toronto Visionaries can be found at ccbtorontovisionaries.ca. And uh, you can also reach us by email. Uh, send a note to info at ccbtorontovisionaries.ca. Or you can call us and leave a message at 416 416- Seven six zero two one six three. All right, that's wonderful. Thanks so much for being with us. And it's been an absolute pleasure. And we'll definitely talk um, a little later this month uh, about your concert series. 
wonderful. Looking forward to it. And that will bring us to the end of another show. I hope you have enjoyed listening, and I look forward to have you listening again uh, next week. Until then, have a great week, and actually, uh, very also have a very happy White Cane Week. Bye for now. <laughs>